Welcome to Tell Me Your Story podcast, a podcast about real life stories from everyday people. Each episode, we dive into intriguing stories from all over the world. Now here's your host, Keisha B. This podcast contains stories of abuse. This might be sensitive to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. My name is Keisha B, and I am your host of Tell Me Your Story. And I have a fantastic wild ride for you today. I have Michelle here, and she is going to tell you a really, really heartfelt story. And I can't wait to share that with you. And Michelle, tell me your story. Hi, everybody. Okay, so let me start off by saying that I haven't always been the best at attracting the, you know, the right men in my life. Um, But I started off uh, in a relationship with a guy that was off and on for like eight years. And I was kind of at the end of, you know, just, just being done with it. And, um, and so I went over to my cousin's house and I met this guy and, um, uh, his name was Fernando and you could just tell immediately that he was attracted to me, but I had heard that he was married and had kids. So I was kind of turned off by it. So I was really rude to him at first. And, um, but then after getting to know him a little bit, then he was telling me that, uh, you know, his wife and him, they were living in the same house, but they had been separated for a year and he was getting a divorce. And so I kind of entertained the idea of getting to know him and, um, slowly but surely we started dating. So Um, let me ask you a question really quick. Okay. So you said you said his name was Fernando. I just want to clarify for the audience. Is he deceased? No, he's not deceased. Um, okay, okay. And sometimes ahead. I might wish he was, but he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So, um, so we, we started dating and um, he, he had bought another place to live and was fixing it up and... Um, and I had my own apartment in another city. And so he was coming to my house and staying. Um, and he worked construction, so he had to get up early in the morning. And um, I don't know if I told you, he's Hispanic and I'm Caucasian. Okay, so he was asking me to get up in the morning and make his breakfast and his lunch and kind of like a wife would do for a husband. Um, getting him off to work and everything. And it got to the point where he started having an issue with staying at my apartment um, because he said I had had other people stay there with me and he wasn't comfortable with that. So he asked me to move in with him. And um, so I'm, you know, I'm Christian and I don't believe in, you know, living with people unless you're married. But I did I'm sorry, so, go ahead. No, that's okay. So when you, when because cause you told him you were a Christian and that yeah. you don't believe in like hooking up before marriage, how did he feel about that? 
Um, you know, he seemed like he was okay with it at first, and then he just kind of changed. Um, um, his whole demeanor and everything changed, and then it was a matter of, well, I, you know, I want to protect you because the neighborhood I lived in wasn't that great, and um, so I, I can, you know, I ended up going and living with him, and uh, you know, so after several months, um, it started to really weigh heavy on me because I, you know, my personal beliefs. And so, um, you know, we had to talk again about getting together. And I mean, I was, I was really like feeling him, you know? Um, and, and so we talked about getting married and, um, he would travel a lot. And so he would take me on trips with him sometimes when he had to go do work in other places. And he was going to Baltimore um, and he went and did work in Baltimore. We stayed in a hotel and he promised me on the way back, we would stop by New York City, which is like my absolute favorite place in the world and never been there, just love it. And um, so we did, we went to visit New York City and he posed me and I accepted. And um, so, and that was that, you know, I was happy about that. And um, you know, this- Sorry. How long did the proposal last? Um, let's see. So it was June. I believe it was June of that year that um, that we we got together. We uh, we got engaged, and then by December um, we ended up getting married at the Justice of the Peace. Um, we were going to go and have a wedding and all that, but it was too expensive and neither one of us could afford it, you know? And so um, I was just happy to have somebody to call my husband, someone I loved, you know? And um, so he, he had uh, he had, had to get a divorce as well, but he did that before he even got engaged to me. So, but um, yeah, so we were married and living together and things kind of changed. Um, I kind of became like a housemaid, um, servant, if you want to call it that. Um, he required me to cook three different meals a day. Everything had to be different. Like it couldn't, couldn't be the same thing. Um, you know, doing his laundry and making sure the house was spotless. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't allowed to have any friends, any close friends, he had problems with that. Um, so he kind of isolated me a bit. But then he got offered um, a position with a company he used to work for, um, and it was out of state. And so that meant that he was going to be traveling a lot more than he was. And um, let's let's go back to the fact that he thought or he was isolating you. So what was that like? And, and, and how did you feel as his wife when all that was happening? Well, at first I really didn't think anything of it. Um, you know, I just felt like I was, uh, being submissive to my husband, which is what in the Bible you're supposed to do, um, Mm -hmm. somewhat submissive. And, um, you know, he was the head of the household. And so I was trying to do what a good wife would do, which is, you know, what my husband wanted me to do. Um, but it was, it was definitely difficult 
being uh, separated from friends, um, he didn't really do it so much as far as my family was concerned. You know, like we would have get togethers at my house and, you know, cookouts and things like that with my family. Um, but he, um, he, you know, he would always talk about them after they left. Uh, oh, well, I don't know why we have so-and-so come over because, you know, you know, they, they get on my nerve and they talk like this and that. So it was apparent that he was doing it to make me happy, you know, but he didn't really enjoy it himself. Um, so when he, so I'm thinking that this person is from a different culture than what you grew up with. Tell us a little bit more about his culture and his background. So he is, he's Catholic, um, not like a devoted Catholic. He just grew up in Catholicism. Um, but, you know, he didn't go to church actively or anything like that. But, um, and in his culture, women um, are basically servants to their husbands. Um, they, you know, they come home from work, you get down on your hands and knees and you take their socks and shoes off and, you know, you bring them a hot plate of food and, you know, you serve them in every way, in every way, um, you know, and it was, it was difficult because there were certain things that I had to do, um, you know, as far as in the bedroom that I wasn't comfortable with. Uh, but I felt like, again, I was being a submissive wife to my husband and trying to do what he wanted me to do. What kind of things would he like? What exactly? What exactly would he want you to do that you felt was uncomfortable? Um, sometimes when he would come in from work, um, the kids would be in the bedroom playing or playing video games, and. He would, he would want to have sex with me right there on the couch while the kids are in the other room. And I wasn't comfortable with that. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I did resist and, um, and told him, well, hey, let's go into the bedroom. And he would literally pull my pants down and practically rape me um, right there on the couch. And I know that the kids could come out the room any minute and see us. Michelle, I'm so sorry that... Oh, wow. That's, that's tough. That's tough to hear. Um, I want you to tell me um, more about, you know, how you felt after these situations would happen. Because um, you said he did go away. So there was times that you were by yourself and you wasn't around him and you didn't have to be this submissive person so when you were alone by yourself what was that moment like um I you know I constantly lived with anxiety and worry um you know I was always trying to stay connected to him even though he wasn't in the area and um you know calling him and letting him know what I was doing um so there really wasn't a time where it was just me. You know, I still had things going on. I still, even though he wasn't present in the state that I was in, um, you know, I still had to help take care of his kids. You know, um, 
uh, paying child support for him to his ex-wife. Um, you know, things that he wasn't able to handle because he wasn't here. Um, as well as, uh, you know, if his kids need to be picked up from the bus or, you know, his ex-wife wanted to go out of, you know, go out for a night and they needed uh, someone to watch the kids and I would watch them. So, um, you know, and then I also have my own child myself um, that, I, that I had to care for. Um, and then I was also required to work. Um, so not only was I a domicile housewife, but I had to hold a full-time job and take care of my own responsibilities. So it was constant anxiety and worry all the time. And he wouldn't always tell me when he was coming home. You know, I would know that, you know, he might come home next weekend, but I wouldn't find out till he was on his way, which that made me um, like very anxious because I had to go grocery shopping before he came and stocked the fridge with everything that he wanted. Um, I had to make sure the house was spotless. Um, and, you know, that's not always easy to do on a moment's notice when you're working a full-time job as well as a parent. And, um, and so, yeah, it was, it was def- definitely difficult. So I, um, we're going to continue the story with Michelle um, right after a message from our sponsor. Okay, so uh, we're back and uh, we're talking to Michelle about her relationship that she had with um, a very controlling person. Um, go ahead and pick up where you left off. Okay, so um, I believe where I left off was explaining my situation and what I was going through, but um, I just wanted to touch on the fact that, you know, we talked about him getting this job and working out of town because it was best for the both of us um, money-wise. He was getting an increase in pay and we really needed the help. And um, so it was definitely a um, a sacrifice to have to be with someone that wasn't always present in the picture, but I kind of considered myself like I was a military wife, you know? You know, mm-hmm. your husband might be deployed for a few weeks or a month or whatnot and then come home. And that's how I dealt with it. But um, we didn't have the right connection. Uh, we didn't start off right. And so. Um, so what? So we're OK. So you said that one of your co- coping mechanisms that you used was you just kind of pretended you were in a military situation where your husband went off to do whatever he does. Um, Did you have any other things that you used? Any other coping mechanisms that you used to help you deal with this? Because what I'm hearing is that you you were a submissive wife. You, uh, You were submissive enough to him that, you know, you must have loved him or you must have loved him at that time. And so I'm assuming that you did other things or kept yourself busy in other ways where, so you wouldn't get bored or miss him too much. So what else did you do? Um, well, to be honest, um, smoking, smoking cigarettes, 
Um, but, um, you know, I, he didn't like that. And so, you know, I would smoke and then sometimes I would drink, but I never did any of that when he was around. Occasionally I might have a drink when he was around, he didn't care about that. But, um, you know, a lot of times I would try and go to friends' houses, um, you know, have dinner or something just to keep my mind busy. And it, you know, when the kids were around, it wasn't so bad. You you know, you have somebody there to love. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have, uh, I have shared custody with my ex. And we didn't have any children together, me and my ex-husband. But I uh, I had a child from a previous relationship. And, you know, of course, his children coming over and I was their stepmom, you know, so we would do things together and that would kind of help pass the time, um, you know, as far as uh, not being so lonely. But I mean, there was just those times when, you know, nothing really did the trick, you know, and I would call him and I would talk to him and um, try to stay connected with him. Um, But you know, um, he assured me, you know, he, he, he was very sweet and loving to me on the phone and, you know, it's okay. You know, we're, we're going to get through this. It's not going to be forever. And I I guess I kind of held on to that, that it wasn't going to be forever. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, so, so what happened after, okay. So you got married, you, were in a relationship that you felt was um, a little bit maybe a little bit more than you signed up for Um, you stuck with it what happened because it seems like we're about to take a turn here so what happened in the relationship where things just got crazy well before, before I dive into that I just want to say that when he would come home on the weekends, it was like we were back together, like a family, you know, the kids would come and we would all go to the beach or, you know, we would go out and do things together. We would lay on the couch and watch movies and, you know, eat popcorn and snuggle under a blanket, all of us. I mean, it was just so fulfilling to have that. And, and that kind of filled that space. So it made it even harder when he left. And, um, so, so, even, so even though he was very controlling, there was glimpse and maybe not just glimpse, but there was periods of time where the relationship was good. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, but that was in the beginning as, as things progressed, months passed, um, he started to become distant from me and, um, you know, he wasn't always available when I called him or he wasn't coming into town as regularly as he should. And I received a letter in the mail from somebody that did not know how to speak English very well. And, but they did a decent job letting me know in the letter that he was not being faithful to me. And, um, and I had heard stories from other people that knew him you know, that he, he was cheating and things like that. But I never, I never suspected it until he started becoming distant. And then when he came home, I, um, I confronted him about it and asked him and he assured me, no, I'm not cheating, you know, but something was off. I could just tell that something was off. And 
So, like, after he had come into town one weekend, um, he had left, and I started to realize, like, I was feeling really itchy. Like, my body was itching. And, and I mean, it was like an inc- uncontrollable itch that I couldn't explain. And I thought maybe I was having an allergic reaction to something. And um, so I went to the doctor, and the doctor told me that I had scabies. And um, if you don't know what scabies are, they're a parasite that embeds yourself in your skin. And they cause bumps, and they lay eggs in your skin. And you have to either, you know, put a cream on or take a pill. But it's a sexually transmitted disease. And so I, I wasn't with anybody. So I knew it had to have come from him. And, um, you know, generally I've heard that prostitutes carry it because they're with so many people. And so it has to be skin to skin contact. So, um, so no protection on that person's part. Right. And it's not even just in the general area. It's just skin to skin, like arm to arm, or, you know what I mean? You can get it from giving somebody a hug, you know, but, um, so I had asked him about it and he was having the same kind of symptoms and, you know, he got treated by the doctor and, and that was that we got treated for it. But he said, oh, well, he was renting a room in a basement somewhere. Um, you know, they had rooms for rent and he had his own personal room, but it was, it was a nasty area. And he said people were coming from other countries in there. And he said he got it by sitting on the couch when somebody had had it. And that didn't sit right with me. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. But he was my husband, so I trusted him. And I just kind of moved forward, moved past that. Oh, then we started to fight a lot. Um, And he said that, um, you know, he he just, he wanted to separate himself from me. And and we eventually ended up going you know, talking about getting a divorce and I hired a lawyer to do like, they were doing a separation agreement, the whole deal. I was like, okay, we're doing this. And this was like a year and a half after we had gotten married. And, um, but then, so you, so you okay. confronted him about the sexually transmitted disease and his response was he wanted a divorce. Well, not right away. It was just more or less, he just kind of distanced himself even more from me. You know, he was going out drinking with his friends and stuff, which is not something that he would do when he was around, you know, and uh, he just changed. Like, um, and I thought maybe it was a job wearing on him, but um, he just distanced himself. And, you you know, we get this feeling inside of us. We know something's not right. Mm-hmm. And I knew something was not right. <clears throat> and then I had a lady contact me on Facebook um well before I go to that um so we had we had done the separation agreement and we didn't talk for like two months and then he just showed up one day um and my brother was staying with me um because I felt like you know I didn't want him to just come home and like you know hurt me or whatever and so my brother was staying with me he just showed up one day and um he was like Uh, I miss you. I want to get back together with you. And, you know, and I was not like, I I just, I wasn't entertaining that at the moment. I was just like, just don't touch me, you know? And I I asked him, I was like, 
did you cheat on me? And he said, yes, I did. And, um, and I thanked him for his honesty, but at the same time, I was pleading with him, like, why? I've done everything that you wanted me to do. I've tried to be the wife that you wanted, you know, a mother to your kids. Anything and everything you asked me to do, I do it. And he didn't really have a response from me, you know, but then I find out later on that in his culture, it's okay for the husbands to cheat on the wives. And the wives are supposed to just deal with it. And my response, my response to that is, well, I'm American. Okay, so it's not okay with me and you can't cheat on me. Like if you're in a marriage with me, you're in a marriage with me. So in his in his culture, was he does he also have multiple wives? No, it's not multiple wives. He has one wife. You know, they they have they have one wife, but they can go and sleep with anybody. And that's okay with with some women. I mean, it's supposed to be in his culture. Yeah, it's supposed to be like, I know at the time his ex-wife and and I, we hated each other, you know, and I'm, you know, as time has passed, we've kind of put our feelings aside and, and I understand a lot more now than I did back then. But back then she was telling me he's cheating on you. Like he was sleeping with her. He was sleeping with his ex-wife when he came into town. Um, he, he was sleeping with uh, his best friend's wife who, you know, when he came into town, you know, while I was at work or, um, you know, he just found little, little ways like, oh, I'm going to go to the junkyard with my friend and we're going to go do this and that. And meanwhile, he's meeting up with somebody and, and, you know, screwing them basically. And I had no idea, you know, but, you know, after we. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, how did that make you feel when you finally had, when the, the cat finally got out the bag and you knew that he was doing what he was doing? How did that make you feel as a woman, as a wife? It devastated me. Um, it, it devastated me because, you know, I put my heart and soul into this marriage, um, you know, wanting to be a godly wife, have a Christian family, um, you know, just all these things that I'd always dreamed of having my own family. And here I am putting forth 100%, 110% effort to try and make this work. And I still fail. How? You know? Um, and when we, we talked about it and everything, and a little bit of time had passed, and I forgave him because I felt like, you know, if I'm going to have to forgive him anyway, but right. you know, I didn't have to stay with him, but I chose to stay with him. And he made promises to me that, you know, that he was never going to do this again. And, you know, he thought the grass was greener on the other side and he realized it wasn't, you know, and that's where the person I told you about earlier that contacted me on Facebook comes into play. So his mistress that he was with um, in another state, they had actually got an apartment together. And, um, you know, they were together for like two months. Um, They were dating prior to that, but they were in the apartment for two months. And I honestly, my, my opinion now is that the reason why he decided to end it with her 
is because he thought that I was going to get him for a lot of money because he got the separation agreement that was talking dollars, you know, like this is what you're going to have to pay for. And so he was like, oh, nope, bad decision. So he cut it off of her and came back to me. Well, back then, I didn't know that that was the case. I thought it was like he genuinely realized he made a mistake and he wanted to make things better. Um, so the the girl, his mistress, alerted him to what's about about to happen once he processes this divorce. And he was like, it's cheaper to keep her. Well, she didn't alert him. Um, I mean, I had I had him served with paperwork, but you know, he, he was in a, he was in a full blown relationship with this woman and, you know, she was starting off the same way that I did, you know, Oh, I'm with this woman and we're not together. No, from the big, from when you said that you were, he said he wanted to come back and you thought he was genuine about that, but obviously he was not. What made him not genuine about it? Was it a conversation he had with this woman when he said, you know, because I thought I heard that she had a conversation with him about you and what he was going to have to give you. And so that prompted him to go back to you. Well, no, I was jumping ahead. Honestly, um, it I don't know what conversation he had with her. I don't right. know. I don't know what the point was where he said, OK, this is not for me. I'm only assuming in the present time now right that it was because he didn't want to have to pay any more money you know because he knew if i got a divorce alimony and all that so he was gonna have to pay me so presently that's how i that's why i feel like he made that decision back then but back then i honestly thought that it was a genuine um you know I'm sorry, I made a mistake, like, you're my wife and everything. And that's what, how I felt back then, because I was all up in my feelings, and I loved him, and, you know. Um, and so we we decided to work through it. Well, his mistress didn't like that, and she didn't like the fact that he cut her off to come back to me. And so she started reaching out to me on Facebook. She was sending friend requests to all my friends. She was calling me, like, trying to say, oh, what a piece of shit he was and how, you know, he told her all these bad things about me, Um, you know, trying to get me to say I didn't want him. That's what she wanted. She wanted me to say I don't want him so she could try and get him back. And I didn't want to deal with it. I was already trying to deal with forgiveness. I didn't want to have to deal with that extra stress of somebody reminding me of what he had done and what he had said. And... You know, so I did. I ignored her, and when I ignored her, that's when she started reaching out to like tons of friends on Facebook, people I don't even talk to regularly, and they're messaging me saying, "Hey, this lady is is reaching out saying that she, you know, she was with your husband and just putting my business out there, you know." And it was it was really embarrassing and hard to deal with. How? Okay, so all of this is happening. Where is he in this mix? Did he know that she was contacting you? Or was he with you at the time and she was contacting you? Where was he at? He was out of town working. And I would call him and say, this lady is reaching out to me. Excuse me. And 
this is what she's saying. And he would say, oh, just ignore her. Don't talk to her. You know, she's just trying to, you know, cause problems. And, you know. Did did you believe him? I mean, uh, yes, at first I did. But she tried, um, she, she tried for a good month to get a hold of me. And, um, you know, eventually I did talk to her. I did answer her call and talk to her and it was a very hurtful conversation. And she tried to make it feel like it was heartfelt. Like she, oh, she cared about me as, as a person. And she just wanted to warn me and tell me who he really was. And, and I thanked her for that. And I told her, you know, well, I plan on trying to work my marriage out, you know, and eventually she stopped contacting me altogether. On that conversation, when you said you was going to work out your marriage, um, what, you know, what was the response after that? Um, she just, she just tried to get me, tried to change my mind. She was just trying to change my mind and, and, you know, and I just wasn't hearing it because I had, I had already made the decision that I was going to try and um, make it work, you know, because I felt like at the time that was the best thing for me. Mm-hmm. So what happened? So you married this guy, you had a relationship with him, you, uh, or, you know, it, it went sour um, you found out he had a mistress. He gave you an STD. What happened in the end? Like, what, what, what is, you know, what, what was the outcome? So, basically, we were together for, um, you mean like the extent of the marriage or just right after that? Yeah, right after when you found out about the girl and she, you know, she tried to contact you and then all of a sudden she stopped. What happened after after that? Well, we just kept pushing forward. And um, so, you know, we made a point. I, I told him that it wasn't fair, that I didn't get to see him that often. And he said he couldn't always travel. So, you know, I started bringing the kids and we would go visit him. You know, he we would go stay with him uh, wherever he was at. If it was obviously within a short driving distance within four to six hours and we would drive and we would go get a hotel together he had one particular place he was staying um, up north and that was like the home office area for his company and Mm -hmm. so when he was staying there he was running that room I was telling you about well after Mm -hmm. the whole babies thing he moved out and his parents actually lived up there and he rented a room from them and so we were able me and the children were able to come visit him and stay there and for him to be able to you know they his his dad and his stepmom were there and they were able to watch the kids and um you know we were able to all be a family together and so over a period of a couple of years after that things were fine you know I mean I just just kept going through the motions it was same things were going on when he was coming home, you know, um, the domicile wife and working and, um, you know, taking it. So nothing changed. No, nothing changed. It was just like, we kind of got in the groove of this is how it is. And we just dealt with it. And, um, and I mean, 
go ahead. Those moments that I, that we were talking about where, you know, we were all on the couch together as a family watching a movie, eating popcorn or whatever. Those were the moments I cling to. I, I cling to back then because no matter how bad it was, there was nothing that gave me more satisfaction than having my own family. And I felt like I was doing the right thing by sacrificing and going through all these things that I had to endure, crying so many nights, you know, because I missed him and I didn't want to be like this. And, you know, and I felt like I was doing what I had to do as a wife. And, um, and it just, it was harder and harder for me. And as a couple of years had passed, we talked about me possibly moving up there and, but then his children couldn't come, you know, so it wasn't really, it, it wouldn't fit for us for me to move up there. I mean, even if he was traveling, I would be stuck in the place where he was at, you know, um, while he had to go to another state and I'd, I'd be all alone. I didn't have anybody up there. So, um, we kind of started to grow distant from each other and, um, you know, I'm, well, I'm not going to say that he grew distant from me. I was still doing the same thing, but I'm begging and pleading with him. What's going on? What's happening here? And, um, and oh, nothing, nothing, you know? And then, um, when he would come home, he would receive text messages sometimes in the middle of the night and I would pick up his phone and it was, it was a lady that was texting him. And I'm like, I wake him up. I'm like, who is this? Like, what is this all about? oh, that's the lady that does my taxes and this and that. And, you know, he would talk to her all the time and I knew who she was, but I still felt like something wasn't right. And, um, you know, so he wasn't really telling me anything. And then as I pressed forward on him, trying to get him to tell me more, then he really distanced himself from me. He just, oh, I just, I, I think we should get a divorce. I don't want to be with you. You know, you you deserve so much better. I'm not a good person, you know. And then he would just he would just ghost me like for a couple weeks at a time. He wouldn't answer my calls. He wouldn't text me or nothing. And then he would just show up like he was coming home. And um, so when we finally, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, I just wanted to let our audience know that we'll be right back. Uh, with Michelle, the rest of Michelle's story. And I really thank you guys for listening to Tell Me Your Story. We'll be right back. Okay, go ahead. So we're back with Michelle and she was telling us her story about her husband that she uh, has been married to and all the things that have happened in her relationship, go ahead and uh, pick up where you had left off. So we had come to the point where, um, you know, it was time to talk about this. And he, I hadn't talked to him in two weeks. He didn't answer my calls or texts. He didn't call me. And so when he came home, we just sat down and we had to talk about it. And I just said, you know, I think that we should get a divorce. And he agreed with me about that. he never admitted to me that, um, you know, again, he was cheating on me, but I knew, um, you know, I, I found a receipt in his laundry where he went on a day cruise with somebody when he was in, you know, 
Miami or you know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, what is this? And he's like, oh, that was just a friend. You know, I'm not stupid. And, and I, I put it aside, but we, we finally got to the point where we just, I, I just said myself, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, I don't know who this person is. And it, it crushed me. It crushed me. So, so the two of you are now divorced. We are now divorced after a year and a half battle, um, going back and forth because I felt like, um, you know, he made me uproot and move from my apartment to his place. And then he just basically, you know, well, I don't want you anymore. And so I had to uproot myself and my son and go find an apartment. And, you know, to do that, it, it costs money. And um, so I felt like I was entitled to alimony because he was the one that chose to be unfaithful. And um, so I fought him for a year and a half and I won. I won. I finally got alimony and I was just recently divorced. Um, But um, I'm glad to have it over with um, because it, it really hurt me. It took me, it took me about a year to get to the point where I didn't feel anything for him because I, I mean, a part of me was like wanting to to still be with him and, you know, and, and I had to, I had to separate myself and realize that it was just a, a temporary thing for me. You know, it was a, a, what do they call it? A trial, trial period, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where we learn our lessons and, you know. But, what is um, your, what is your life like now without him in it it's so much peaceful (laughs) it's so much peaceful and um you know I'm I'm my own person I work I pay my bills myself you know and I take care of my child and um you know and it's so nice to come home to my house and if if there's dishes in the sink they can stay there if I want them to you know (laughs) you know I don't have to cook a meal every night because I used to love to cook but having to cook something like, and, and then, oh, and he was so like rude about it. If he didn't like it, he would, he would just shun it away. He wouldn't even eat it or say, thank you. You know, I don't miss any of that. I honestly, I don't want any relationship right now. I'm, I'm kind of learning who I am on my own and things are finally coming together for me. Um, but it was definitely experience for me. And, um, you know, it's like night and day how I felt back then and how I feel now and I'm at some I'm at peace you know I'm at peace now and that it's resolved and it's over and um you know the fact that I get alimony is a bonus like because I know that you hit him where it hurts and he was cheap so but um do you think you'll ever fall back in love again you know, I think that's a possibility further on down the road. Uh, but right now, I, I really, I just want to learn who I am myself. I've never really been myself in a relationship. I mean, it, alone, you know what I mean? I've always been with somebody. And so it's refreshing to finally feel what it's like to be an independent woman. And that is the bonus for me, for you that you can do things yourself and you don't have to depend on anybody and you have your own. Well, we have been talking to Michelle and her and about her situation and 
I'm happy to say that this has a silver lining. Is there anything that you want to say, Michelle, to people who might be experiencing the same situation that you're going through right now? Is there something that you want to speak to those women? You know, something you want to say to them? The only thing I can say is, you know, examine the entire, if you're already in the relationship, examine it, make sure that, you know, that you're, you're not only fulfilling their needs, but they're filling, they're fulfilling yours because we should not have to compromise ourselves and be there and, and, and do everything that, that somebody wants us to do if they're not willing to do the same in return. You know, I mean, if you're cooking them dinner, you know, they should be willing to cook you dinner sometimes, you know, it's okay, hon, you work today, you sit down and relax, you know, it's, it's a two-way street, it really is, and, um, you know, just make sure that you're, that you're happy, that's the bottom line, is you, you have to be happy and fulfilled 100%. Well, I am so honored to have you on the podcast, and it has been a pleasure, and I'm, very I my heart is just like all over the place but I'm really um happy that you're in a peaceful place um not like you were in the beginning and um thank you so much for being here and ladies and gentlemen if you want to be on the podcast and you have a story that you want to tell us please go to tell me your story podcast on Facebook and send us a message and we'll respond with a link where you can book your appointment. And I am signing off. My name is Keisha B and this is tell me your story podcast. You have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story. This podcast has been brought to you by your parent company, Casey Products, LLC. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with us and keep the conversation going on Facebook and Instagram. If you love Tell Me Your Story, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time.